0: Thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today, and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nvplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. Father, we love you. We thank you. We bless you. We glorify you because you are faithful. Because with you, God, Lord, nothing is impossible and anything can happen. And so, Father God, we are ready to hear what you would have us to hear. Father God, would you challenge us by your word? Would you stretch us by your word? Would you pour into us, God? And let the words, my God, from your mouth change the hearts in our lives. And I ask you to use me for your glory. And I promise you, God, that I will give it all back to you. I thank you in advance for the visitors here that today will make a decision to live for you. We love you. We honor you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen and amen. Today, we're going to share, we're going to talk on hope revolution. Touch your neighbor, tell them hope revolution, hope revolution. Today is the beginning of a revolution, the beginning of a revolution. But it's not any kind of revolution, it's a hope revolution, and and I don't, I, I'm not saying I'm doing a sermon series. This is not a sermon series. This is just a, a, a way of living for us as new birth. We're going we're gonna to live out hope. And we're going to cause a revolution wherever we go and whoever we come across. with. And so today is the beginning of what, of what we call a hope revolution. I call it a revolution because I believe we're going to change the order of things Through hope, through hope, and there's a there's a there's a verse in the Bible that I want to share with you, and it's found in Revelation chapter twelve and verse eleven. And it says, "And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, not land, Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, they overcame." By the blood of the lamb, somebody say lamb, and by the word of their testimony. For those of you who were not here last week, last week we eyewitnessed God's saving grace here at New Birth. Amazing. Six weeks ago we started the series, today's week seven. When we started the series, all of these light bulbs were off, all of them, 108 light bulbs were off. And we started the series believing that God was going to save people and change people's lives. And every time somebody gave their life to Jesus, since six weeks ago, they'll come to the altar here or when they're at our youth service. We would come on Sunday and turn on a light bulb for every person that gave their life to Jesus. And to the glory of God, here in Kissimmee alone, to the glory, to the glory, to the glory of God. We've had 174 people give their lives to Jesus in six weeks to the glory of God. (laughs) To God be the glory. And so there's no more lights to turn on, but we believe that we're going to turn on your light in the spirit. And you're going to leave this place lit up for Jesus. God, there's some amazing things these past six weeks, amazing things. But last Sunday in particular, God, God did something phenomenal. We had an avalanche of souls come to Jesus last Sunday. It was extraordinary. We were able to see dozens of people get saved and dozens of people get baptized to the glory of God. And so I want to show you a snippet of what God did last Sunday at our Hope Fest service. And friends that are here just like you today, there were people who came last last Sunday, just like you. You came, you sat, you enjoyed the, the music, you feel like you're home. There's a feeling you feel you can't explain it, but it's it's a good one, and, and, and you don't feel this at a club, you know. But they, 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 people just like that last Sunday came over over 30 people, and 27 of those people gave their life to Jesus. And so today it's your opportunity. And I and I want you to know that what you're feeling is may not feel normal. In the natural, but in the spiritual, it's so normal because the presence of the Lord is here. And so I want to show you all a little bit snippet of what God did last Sunday. So would you please draw your attention to the TV monitors as you watch the screen. God be the glory. But not only at New Birth, but throughout the country, literally throughout the country, uh, we had this distinct summer at New Birth. We, um, when we started the church, we we wanted we we've always believed that that God has called us to to be to be an agent of change, and and um, we've experienced that our summers is where we have our growth, where churches typically decline in the summer, we, we've noticed that when, since we started the church, we, we've just been growing in the summer. It's amazing. And so I've been sharing that with friends and pastors of ours uh, who have, who join our network. We have about 14 to 15 churches outside of New Birth that, that are part of our network. And last year we had a meeting and, and, and I shared with them, listen, what would imagine if we all get together for summer and we all do summer at New Birth, summer at Aruba, summer at Virginia, summer at... Pennsylvania, Samaad, uh, and, and all of the pastors, all of the pastors uh, uh, bought into it. And I said, listen, this has been our results. We've done it, and the church grows, and yada, yada, yada. And, 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 and everybody said, okay, let's do it. So six weeks ago, we've had the following churches join us to start the series. We had a church in Tampa, Transformando al Mundo. We had a church in Kissimmee, Heaven on Earth. We had Wesley Chapel, Florida, the Freedom Center. We had a church in Newark, New Jersey, Lighthouse Church. We had a church in Virginia, Iglesia Vida. We had a church in the Bronx, New Season. We had our three campuses in Florida. We had a church in Aruba, Nuevo We had a church in Honduras, Devno Manel. We had a church in Pennsylvania, Vertical Church. We had a church in Texas and some other churches that said, Pastor, we're going to buy into it. And six weeks ago, we started Summer at New Birth series speaking on the, on the theme, Dive In. And all of these churches, all of these churches bought into it. And, and, and just a week ago, some of the pastors were saying, Pastor, our church, we haven't baptized people in years. We haven't had people come to the altar and accept Jesus Christ in a long time. But since the sermon series started, something happened in the church and a buzz happened in the church that people are bringing visitors and people are coming to church and we getting baptized. It was a revolution happened these past six weeks so I, I i'm saying all this to say that this is not just a, a, a new birth thing this is god is doing a hope revolution throughout the country to the glory of god and so I want to show you a, a snippet. I, I asked these pastors to show us and, and give us pictures and images of what God has, has done these past six weeks. And so today uh, uh, is our last Sunday series of this, uh, ser- son- sermon of the series. But all of the churches sent us as much as they could. We had hundreds of pictures, but if I had to show them all, would have been on a two-hour slideshow. So I only reduced it to a few. So I want you to draw your attention to the screen and watch what God did through the network through Summer and Newburgh. Virginia, Texas Pennsylvania St Cloud Aruba Tampa piano Come on, lift up the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus. To God be all the glory. These pastors have stories of, Pastor, my church isn't growing. Pastor was stuck. Stories. And these stories have turned into testimonies. So Today I want to talk about what could happen to anybody who gives their story to God and God has the power of turning your story into a testimony. Every one of us here has a story every one of us he has a story some of us we are happy to share our stories and in fact we post them every Sunday every week on social media others we don't have such a good story to share to share so only those who are really close to us know the reality of our story but whether you have a good story or a not so good story everybody here has a story touch your neighbor tell them I don't know your story but I know you got one everyone he has a story. Now, there's a difference between a story and a testimony. It's a big difference. And let me define the difference between one and the other. A story is an account or imaginary reality by means of a telling an account and its sole purpose is to entertain. That's what a story is. I don't know if you remember when you was a kid, mom and dad would say, once upon a time. And it, stories are designed to give a narrative of an entertaining account. So stories. Oh, my God, you heard? LeBron James is going to L.A. Yo! Story. Entertaining. Entertaining. But a testimony is different. A testimony is a story told by the person, himself or herself, who experienced what they went through. I can tell you a story, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. It could be made up. I can tell you a story, and I may not be the person who went through it. I just heard my mama tell me once upon a time, there was a girl named Jill and a guy named Jack, and they went up a hill to fetch a pail of water. And I, and I can tell you a story but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm a part of it. A testimony is that I'm going to share with you what I I witnessed and I experienced for myself. And today, friend, you that are here, the Lord wants to turn your story into a testimony. Regardless of how great or negative tumultuous your life may be. The Lord is not intimidated by your story. He wants to turn your story into a testimony. Why? Because Jesus came specifically to do that. Jesus came to turn things around. He came to change your life. Paul said it this way, 2 Corinthians 5.17. He said, if any man is in Christ Jesus... He is a new creation. That's what Jesus does when he enters somebody's scenario, he turns stories into testimonies. He turns your life experiences into something worthy of telling others. That's what revelation I said that he overcame by the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb is Jesus dying on the cross and his death on the cross, that experience of Jesus on the cross Gave me an opportunity that now when I come to him. He can take my story because of his crucifixion on the cross. And he could take my story and turn it into a testimony. Turn it into something worthy to tell. And that's what Jesus desires to do in your life today. To make you a new creation. If you are in Christ. His desire is to turn you into something new, something worthy to share to others. Isaiah says this, chapter 43 and 19. He says, God says, behold, see, I am doing something new. And the Lord brought you here this morning because he wants to do something new in your life. Pastor, if I tell you my story, I think the security guards will kick me out of the church. Yeah, that's your story. But God is not intimidated by your story. God can turn your story into a testimony. So Jesus came to change things around. He was, let me tell you, Jesus is the epitome of a revolutionist. From the moment he starts teaching and preaching, Jesus is first preaching. His first preacher, I'm talking about, there was no flies, there was no Instagram, he had no accounts, he had no Twitters, he had no, his first public ministry, that everybody was going to go hear what Jesus had to say, what Jesus said was revolutionary. Revolutionary. It was, oh no, he didn't kind of, it was like that, oh no, he didn't, who do you think he is? He was a Revolutionary. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 5, that's his first preaching, his first teaching was Matthew chapter 5, and in verses 21, 22, verses 27, 28, verses 31, 32, verses 33, 34, verses 38, 39, Jesus starts both of all those verses starting off like this. He says, you have heard it was said, and then the next verse says, but I tell you. He said, oh, you heard this is how you're supposed to live life, but I tell you, this is how you're supposed to live life. Because Jesus is always in the business of taking your story and causing a revolution to show you a better and a different path you ought to walk in. And out of all of the people that Jesus touched, there are two individuals I want to highlight today. That Jesus took their story and turn it into a testimony. Again, stories entertain. Right? Have you ever heard a story about somebody you know that is all jacked up? And you, oh, tell me more. What happened? And, 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 what, and, and what happened? Did he go to jail? Okay. And what happened to the... Mm, girl, we, we, we got to go get some coffee. It's entertaining. Jesus took two men who had... Juicy stories. I'm talking about bochinger stories. I'm talking about uh, good stories. And he said, I'm going to turn those stories into testimonies. The one, the first one I want to highlight is this man in the Bible by the name of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus had his story. His story was the following. This was his story. He was a tax collector. That was the story. He was hated by the Jews because he was a tax collector who would take charge taxes from the Jews to pay to the Romans. But instead of charging the tax, he would overcharge tax and rob his own people to give it to Rome so that he can be in cahoots with Rome and Rome don't mess with Zacchaeus. So he was winning the favor of Rome, but he was being hated by his people. So he was number one. A tax collector. Number two. He was hated by the Jews. Number three, he was a thief. And number four, he was a man of short stature. Translation, he was a midget. Whenever anybody saw Zacchaeus, oh, they had something to say about Zacchaeus oh there he go, look at the thief, there he go, yeah, yeah, he's the one who be stealing our taxes. That's it, yeah, him, him, yeah, the little one. You, you know how people always identify people by their fault? Yeah, the little one, yeah, the little one, the, the, the one with a, with a, with a with, with, with bad breath, you're him, him. Yeah, don't look now, him. Zacchaeus was notorious by his story. Zacchaeus was famous by his story. Zacchaeus was famous by his story. And Jesus decides to pass by. And when Zacchaeus hears that Jesus is passing by, he climbed up a tree, a sycamore tree. Check this out. He climbs a sycamore tree. And Jesus looks at Zacchaeus having climbed the tree. And this is crazy what happens. Because when he climbs a tree, check this out, when he climbs a tree to see Jesus, Jesus tells him, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree because I want to go to your house. Now, you got to understand, nobody liked Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had a horrible story. Zacchaeus was the talk of town. And Jesus tells Zacchaeus in front of everybody that knew his story, Come down from that tree because I want to go to your house. And you know what happened? Zacchaeus got down from the tree. And you know what happened? Process of transformation in Zacchaeus' life began to take place. How did it begin to take place? Jesus did several things in Zacchaeus' life. Number one, the first thing he did was Jesus noticed Zacchaeus. And I want to let you know, friend, that you came to church, and I want to let you know that if anybody did not notice you, Jesus noticed you this morning. He knows you're here. He knows what you left in your house that's still pending. He knows what's in your heart. He knows the pain you feel. He knows it, and I'm here to tell you, Jesus knows you're here. But not only did Jesus know Zacchaeus was there, Jesus did something even crazy. Jesus spoke to Zacchaeus. And he's been speaking to you this whole service through his Holy Spirit. He's been tugging at you this whole service because he wants to let you know that he's not just happy you being in his presence. He wants to speak to you because what he's going to tell you is going to usher you into another realm of transformation. Jesus noticed Zacchaeus. Jesus spoke to Zacchaeus. And the third thing he does is Jesus gives a command to Zacchaeus. He said, Zacchaeus, come down. Zacchaeus, get over here, boy. You know that many of us, we love God, we just don't like to follow God. We love God, we just don't want to follow his instructions. We We love church and we love Jesus and we love the religion thing. But our problem is that loving church. Our problem is God commands us, yet we don't obey. Which is why we always stay living lives on the side of the story, never on the side of the testimony. But there's something about obedience that ushers you from being a story person to a person of testimony and witness. He noticed him. He spoke to him. He commanded him. And he went to his house. Today the Lord wants to go into your heart. He wants to enter your heart. It's not enough that he sees you. It's not enough that he speaks to you. It's not enough that he commands you. He wants the seat of your heart. He wants to dwell in you. He wants you to make him the master of your life. And when this happened in the life of Zacchaeus, look at what happened. When this happened, his story turns into a testimony. Now Zacchaeus' life is revolutionized. To, to what point? To the point that his life began to change in a physical, visible, and tangible way. Not only that, but his motives changed. He was no longer trying to be rich. He was no longer trying to re- steal from his own people. His motives changed. Not only that, his identity was restored. He is no longer called the guy who would rob because now the Bible says that he, the Bible says everybody he stole. He paid them back four times what he stole from them. So now his in- identity is being transformed. His integrity is being transformed. His life is being transformed. And now those who talked about him as a story of a negative person because he came across Jesus. Now he's a witness that all those that come to Jesus could become a-, a new creation. It's crazy. And his position changed. From being on top of a tree to being in the house in the presence of Almighty God. And that's what God wants to do today in somebody's life. And all of you guys that are here for the first time. Jesus wants to take your life and turn it from a story to a testimony. John chapter 9, verses 1. 12. There's another story of a guy who the Bible don't tell us his name, but we all know that he was a blind man. And in the times of the Bible, in the times of the Bible, if anyone had a sickness or or disease, it it was a tradition or a custom for people to conclude that that person was in sin or his parents was in sin because they were sick. And when you read John chapter 9, verse 1, the Bible says that there was a man who was born blind, and the disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, who sinned, him or his parents, that he's blind. And Jesus says this, his his parents did not sin, nor did this man sin, but he is blind so that the Father may be glorified. He He says, he is not in this predicament. His story is not... A blind story because he did something wrong. He is in this blind circumstance because I want to get the glory. But the only way I can get the glory is if I show up to his blindness. Listen, the mess you're going through, the situation you're going through, it might look to the world that you're a zero or a failure, but I'm here to encourage you. Jesus is stepping into your scenario, letting you know it might look negative, but I'm not allowing this so that you can be broken. I'm allowing this so that I can be glorified in your life and then the Bible says he says as long as I am in the world I'm going to be light in darkness and then Jesus does something crazy because Zacchaeus he says yo hey hey, Zacchaeus come down come on let's go to your house let's go get some you know some some alcapurrias and patalillos and and some KFC let's go eat that's not what happened with this guy With this guy, he says, he's not a mess because he was a sinner. I just want to get the glory. So I'm thinking God's going to open the heavens. Lightning's going to come from the sky. 70,000 birds, angel birds, angels are going to come from heaven. They're going to flap their wings and sing, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And while all that's happening, he starts seeing again. That's not what happened. He had a horrible story. He was born blind. But his story got even worse. Because the Bible says that after he said that, Jesus spit on the floor, made mud out of the spit, and put mud in his eyes. If he had a bad story being blind, his story just got worse. A bunny blind guy. And then he says, I want you to take your muddy self to the pool of Shalom. Now, understand, understand. The guy has a reputation of being a sinner. That's his story. He's a sinner because if he wasn't a sinner, he wouldn't be blind. Consequence, you're a sinner because you're blind. That's the story. That's the rumor. That's what's on Facebook. That's what's on Instagram. That's it. And then Jesus says, now I want you to walk with mud in your face. So now he's walking all muddy. Listen, there are people here right now that are living out muddy circumstances. You're in a muddy situation in your family. You're in a muddy situation at your job. You're in a muddy situation in your heart and in your mind. You're in a muddy situation in your marriage. You're in a muddy situation with a relationship with your family. You're in a muddy situation, and it looks like your story is getting from bad to worse, but I just want to encourage you that had, had, had I was, if I were the one who put mud in your face, or your story just, just done got worse, if it was your auntie that put mud in your face, your story would have been worse, but it was Jesus the one who put mud in your face, and there's something about Jesus when he touches you that it might look ugly and disgusting to the world, but a touch of Jesus has more power than a touch of any masseuse, than any king, than any royal person tells him, after he muds up his face, he says, go to the pool of Shalom, which is translated sent, which is where we get the word in Greek, Apollos, where we get the word apostle, which means purpose. He tells him, I know you're blind. That's your story. But I'm going to process your story into becoming a testimony. And the process I'm going to use is going to look muddy. It's going to look shady. It's going to cause people to point their fingers out at you. But all I want you to do is as they're talking about you, you're going to walk to shalom. Translation, you're going to walk to purpose. And what happens to this blind guy? He's walking. He's walking all muddy, but he's walking into purpose. Long story short. Long story short, he jumps in the pool of shalom and starts seeing. You'd think that everybody we met will be mad, happy, excited. Oh my God, he can see now. Let me put this on my Instagram page. (laughs) Ha ha ha, blind man can see, hashtag eyes open, lol, emoji hype. That didn't happen. No emojis. What happened? A bunch of people heard of the miracle and they took him to church, synagogue, and they started questioning him. Okay, how does this happen? Said, well, I, you know, I was blind. You know, my story is—y'all know my story. I'm a blind guy. I, mean, I can you know—I'm just blind. And and this guy came—I don't know—think Jesus—and and and he spit on the floor. I didn't see it, but I heard it. And then he took me in mud and he put mud in my face and he told me to go to the pollution. What? But this guy was he a sinner? I don't know if he was a sinner. Uh, all I know is that he spit on the floor. Whoosh, he made mud, put it in my eyes, and he said, "Go to the pool." But, but and then and then as he's telling that story, that doesn't make sense. Let me take him to the leader, and they take him to the leader. Hey, tell us again what happened. Listen, I was blind. But this guy came, and he went up to me, and he said, I'm the light of the world. And as long as I'm the light of the world, the light of the world is going to do away with the darkness. And while he did that, he said, hey, spin on the floor, made a mud pie, put him in my eye, said, go to the pool. I went to the pool, and I can see. And he kept on going and going and going. And it came to a point that he didn't, he can take it no more. Look what he says. Look what he says. Look what he says. Look what he says. Verse 25 of chapter 9, the gospel of John. He said, he replied. Whether Jesus was a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. All I know is that I had a story, but now I got a testimony. All I know is I was once messed up, but now I can see. All I know is that I was broken, but now I'm healed. All I know, my marriage was jacked up, but now it's not jacked up. I don't know i don't know how it happened i don't know all i did was obey jesus all i did was lord my life might look muddy my circumstances might look dirty but if you set a go to my place of purpose i'm gonna go to purpose muddy but i'm going to purpose talked about but i'm going to purpose rejected but i'm going to purpose and something between your obedience and god's favor miracle can happen for your life We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about New Birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.